It's that time. Here we go. <laughs> Podcasting with Dr. Jenna. It's Doc Talk coming to you from the Epic Podcast Studio at the Rolf Hotel downtown Dubai. We're talking dementia. We got Neve in the background. She's kind of sleeping. She's kind of eating. She's she's gonna she's she's part of the show. You know, she's gonna do what she does. I, I can live with it. I always feel a little bit anxious when she's here, James. But you know what it is? I, I think, and I remember back to my own boys being babies and being toddlers. And when our kids make noise, when they're a little bit, you know, they're doing things. As the parent, it's like, oh, I don't want to do it. And, and I think a lot of times people who are around that child who's just, you know, she's a baby. She's going through stuff. She, it's like, it does not bother me. It's not at all. And if, if, you know, she makes some noise and we have to pause or we just keep going through it, you know, we do what we do. James, that is partially true. <laughs> so just prior to us starting this, we were talking about being on an aircraft. Oh, yeah. So a number of years ago when the boys were, I think maybe a little bit less than one, I did a flight on my own with them. In fact, I've done lots of flights on my own with them. And they were not happy. They were just not happy. And they were throwing rice cakes around. So they must have been eating solids. And this gentleman was so horrible to me. He turned around, uh, yeah. he was sat in front of me, and he just turned saying, can you just calm your <sighs> children down? And I was like, my hair was frazzled. Yeah. I said, I'm trying, I'm really trying. And these lovely two old ladies behind me just stood up and they, were, they said to him, can you not see that she's trying her best? <laughs> and I was like, thank you so much. I think I nearly cried. Yeah, yeah. So, And then I asked to be moved because uh, he was clearly not happy. And what do you do though? Like, no, you're exactly. trying your best. We, you know, we, everyone's been there. I've had, my boys always would get ear infections when we were going to fly. Oh. I remember one time we were on a small aircraft, like, you know, a, one of these Bombardier or Ember Air things. So we're talking like 100 people. And my one son, it's a two-hour flight. He gets on from the moment he got on to the moment he got off. He screamed at the top of his lungs to the point that the pilot actually came back through, uh, to just yeah. see what was going on on this plane. I felt so bad for everyone. The, the couple in front of us, a, a slightly older couple than us, kind of looked back. Clearly they had kids and they just said, you know, we feel for you. We feel for you. Well, that's it because... You feel bad for everybody else, but you're also yeah. worried about your son. Sure. And you think, gosh, I hope what they're can okay. I do? Yeah. But to be really careful with the ear infections on the air. Oh, I know. Well. It's like inevitable. You know, going away on vacation, get an ear infection. Or the better one was when they one of the sons would always get thrush. And <laughs> where? Who knows? But you know what? He, he he would get that here. He'd get you know yeah. That's that whole tongue. But here, oral thrush. Oral thrush. Yeah. So oral thrush, and here, easy enough to go and get the medication. Try yeah. getting that at home. You know, suddenly we, and we knew what we needed. We get, we get to where we're going. He's like, oh, he's got our arthritis. Really? So we go to the drugstore and we say, this is what we need. And they go, yeah, you need a prescription. And going, really? You know, in my mind, it's like, oh, make sure to get that next time before we leave Dubai. You know, I'm really against the fact that in Dubai, you can buy things over the counter that you shouldn't be able well, to buy. Well, we like. got a prescription from our doctor here. Oh, James, but. hang on. There was, there was an ending to that, which okay. is... But it's super convenient, <laughs> you know, especially when yeah. you're somebody that gets like, like, for instance, my cousin gets recurrent. She's not my cousin, actually. She's my sister-in-law gets recurrent um, bacterial infections um, in her bladder. Oh, no. It's a family thing. They all Yikes. have it been investigated here, there and everywhere, has tried everything. And ultimately, it's now just make sure you've got some antibiotics yeah. and take them when you need. But in the UK, you can't just carry them around. You have oh, to be prescribed them right. there and then. And it's the same antibiotic she's always prescribed. She needs it maybe twice a year. Yeah. And so if she was here, it'd be so much more convenient to just buy yeah. them over the counter. But yeah. then that leads to people abusing the system. Yeah, I know. And so it's a catch-22. It is a catch-22, yeah. James. Yeah. Have you read that book? 
No, I didn't, I didn't know it was a book. I thought it was just a saying. Oh no, you don't know. You, oh, you've, it's, it's a hilarious book. There's also been a movie made by uh, Joseph Heller. The book's called Catch-22. No, I don't know. And what is it actually about? The book is about World War II, and it's about a group of people involved, soldiers. And so I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, so I might be a little off. But there's a group of them. And uh, there's a portion of this story that involves the folks who do the supplies for the troops. And the group of people who are involved in the story, they're, some, of the, they're, 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 some of them are kind of wacko. Some of them are just, you know, there's lots going on. And this, this whole book is about balancing out what you do and what you do that's good, what you do that's not good, how you make it do. And the whole catch, the, the whole title of the book is based on this whole idea that whether you do the right thing or do the wrong thing, you're screwed. It's a catch-22. <laughs> Damned if you do. Damned if you don't. Well, do they have it in Canada something called Sod's Law? Uh, we, we use that in a different way, but we, we yeah. It, it kind of means it doesn't matter what you pick, whatever you pick yeah. will be the wrong thing. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Alanis Morissette's <laughs> ironic, yeah. you know, yeah. it's no matter what happens, it's going to, you're going to choose the wrong path. I like that you brought that Canadian thing back in there. Oh, is she Canadian? She is. I didn't even know. Canada do some really good music, actually. You know, you know why there's so much Canadian music around? Because Canada has a content law for radio in Canada, which means you have to play so much Canadian music on Canadian radio. Ah. So because you have to play so much Canadian music, there is an outlet for artists and you just get better and better and better. And it, 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 sort, of, it sort of works that way. Yeah. I, that's my take on it. Because anyway. funnily enough, every time I found a new band or someone's yeah. come up on Facebook, for instance, and I've listened and thought, oh, they're really good. They've always been Canadian. Well, there you go. And I, I don't, they have like, um, I found, and I, I speak in, from an inexperienced viewpoint, like quite a nice crossover with rock and pop. It kind of sits yeah. somewhere in the, right in the middle. Yeah. I think there's a there's a whole genre in there. and yet people either like that or don't. <laughs> it's like you know, oh yeah, I really like that or yeah, I can't stand it. So, oh, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So, do, uh, do you ever listen to any Jan Arden? No, never heard of her. Oh, I'll send you. A, she's she's got like one of her really famous songs is uh, Insensitive. I'll send it to you. It's basically about this lady who goes meets a guy, goes on a date, and she's now singing about how insensitive the guy is. <laughs> By the time they finish the date, Sounds and, like a bad oh date. man, she's she's extraordinary artist extraordinary artist you know i've set a few people up on dates and they've come home and cried oh no so yeah i'm not allowed I, I, there's actually a band generally with my friends i'm not allowed to yeah, set people up say, anymore okay <laughs> one one of them got married okay that's one got good. married but the other marvelous medic no no no, no. Okay. she's been with him for okay. forever okay um I've, I've never even met the marvelous medic i don't know why i'm following her she'll be in but, dubai at some point she's she's great she's really like she treats it feels like i already know her from all of her <laughs> posts i mean I, I i have no idea why i'm following her on instagram but did you put me on to the marvelous medic must be you yeah i think you, i did friends, yeah. so her name is sultana ahmed and we yeah. were neither of us wanted a clinical partner in university <laughs> because the thoughts of having someone else yeah, dragging yeah. you around everywhere would be a pain and then we got put together because they were like, no, you will have a clinical partner. And they put us together. And since then, we've been the best of friends. And in fact, in our final year, you didn't have a clinical partner and we just missed each other so badly. Oh, no. And she became friends with one of my friends. And then now we have like a whole little group of us that are, are the best of friends. Is the is the, the funky dancing doctor in that mix of friends? So, um, Zainab. No, no, the guy. Isn't there the guy? <laughs> Carmen uh, Grasso. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. No, I have... <laughs> to explain, <laughs> yeah. I have another friend 
He was from a different group, but we all know uh, they all know okay. each other. Yeah. And he's from I think we call ourselves kind of like the in between is like it's like outcasty uh-huh. type group of friends, uh, and we're a really weird collaborative bunch of people. Eclectic is the word. Eclectic. That yes. is the one I want. That was what I was looking for. <laughs> we have a lady who lives on a farm. We have a lady who is a little bit older and has never actually worked a job. She just keeps doing different degrees and training. <laughs> yeah. We have one that is just totally mad. That yeah. would be Carmony, and he sends all sorts of videos of himself singing and dancing and doing puppet shows we have a guy that left medicine and now lives in Sri Lanka and his hair is curly and down to his bottom and he's probably the the most even more than you James the most eccentric person I've ever met in my life um yeah and then another guy who's like the biggest geek ever and then me and it's like we're again just a really lovely great group of people wonderful yeah this is why everyone should go to university that's you know that's exactly you meet some of the craziest people not about the education no 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 it's about the other stuff yeah <laughs> the life skills james the life skills yeah <laughs> i'm thinking back to some of the great things at university and just some of the horror stories but it was all it was all interesting yeah it was all, you know, that's why it's quite sad at the moment because university students they're not actually being present in university no. and when i say it's about not about the education obviously there is an education to yeah. be had, but you do genuinely get an education in life. Oh, sure. And, and you know, I, like I always had part-time jobs at university. Yes. I was a lifeguard. I, you, you met a whole bunch of people through that. You did things on the weekends. You, whatever town you're in, you're either volunteering or you're just going out on a party or you're biking or you're hiking or doing whatever you do. It's just, you know, study groups and you, you just meet people from all over. And it's such, it's just a really warm time of your life isn't it and then some people fail out look i had some really good friends who were high school stars and they came to university and after the first year they dropped out just it just didn't work they couldn't do it yeah it's different isn't it i found in school you get spoon fed a little bit more and this is the syllabus xyz that's what you learn and i struggled when you went to university because especially with medicine it is an infinite topic and i found it hard and i still do with medicine that you never know everything you And at first I would sit in lectures and I would try and make notes. And I remember someone saying, I know this is against your ethos, but they said, stop making notes because you will, you'll never, that's not how medicine works. It's always changing. I'm all about keywords. So I'm not about doing the big, I'm about listening and just saying, oh yeah, that's an interesting point. I might write down a word. I, my, my notes, my note taking technique is very much a whiteboard with boxes and arrows. And just as I'm listening, I'm connecting the story. I'm going, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I'll put a star, but you know, they, they might be diuretic, might come up. And, and maybe your professor's talking about diuretics. And it's like, okay, big star between diuretics. And I might take a key word that he's put or you know, a, a formula that for something, but not word for word noting. So there's yes. a lot of listening, a lot of just doodling stuff together so that I kind of finish with a, a page that is a reference back to when I'm done the class. Hey, what was he talking about? Or what was she talking about? What's in the reading? What have I taken away as the key things that I need to And it with? sparks memories. Yeah. Well, for me, I had to take notes because if I didn't take notes, I'd fall asleep. Well, that's the other thing I tell students. Take notes of some sort so that you're awake and engaged. Yes. Well, because in university, you also try this whole, let's go out till 3 a.m. in the morning, yep. but make lectures at 9 a.m. Yeah. And maybe try and even squeeze in the gym beforehand. Yeah. Or you trial, actually sleep's a bit of a waste of time. This yeah. is something I did for a few years. <laughs> oh, <no>. let's, <laughs> let's, let's be more productive with life and just try to sleep for a couple of hours here and there. That, that 
that didn't last very long and I was literally falling asleep everywhere. But, you you know, you have to try these things because suddenly you haven't got your parents w- yeah, yeah. watching you and telling you what to do. And it's just it's such a great time. It is. I mean, and, and so my son's finishing off. He's got his one semester left and I feel sorry for him in a, in a sense that he's not getting that mixing with his, I mean, look, he's been there a long time. He's, 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 he did the five-year cycle because he changed majors. Perfect. He's doing exactly what he should have been doing from day one. Finally, thank you. I'm glad he did that. I'm glad he went <laughs> through. No, I'm, I'm just glad he learned. And, and I, I still remember the day when he very sheepishly came back to his parents. And I, and I guess there's probably a little bit of stress having, you know, a, a mother who's done several degrees and, you know, is, is a, you know, finished off with a law degree and a, a father who's got a PhD. And I think for, you know, the side story here, really good one when I had to get my credentials attested here in the UAE and I had to get it done again recently. And was quite a, quite a challenge because they changed the regulation. They said, okay, you got to get your BA attested now. And it's like, oh, you got to be joking. So, so yeah, it's a real pain of a process. Right. So it was like, okay, well, I'm going to send, so I, you know, found, I got, uh, you know, I'm not, so I'm not the guy who, I, I go to some of my colleagues' office and they got all their degrees on the wall. That's not me. You know, I don't have my degrees. on. I mean, I have them, but I don't have a wall of, of, of fame like that. It's just not, it's just, not your style. James, I don't need it. it? No. You know, I'm happy I got it and I'm, I'm really proud to have it, but I don't need to have it hanging up there to remind me that I've got it. And, and so my son, I send him my BA and I send him the transcripts and he's, you know, he's doing all the stamping and he calls me from one place and he goes, dad, they're going to, they're going to put a giant stamp on the front of your bachelor's degree. Are you okay with that? And, I'm, and I just went, dude, I just need it done. He goes, <laughs> he goes, dad, it's going to deface your, your, your certificate. You're okay with that. And I go, I just need it done. He goes, okay. And then in the, in the side note, he goes, uh, dad, I was also looking at your transcript from your BA and, and your marks were just not really what I thought they would have been. And I said, what a, a solid B minus student. Isn't what you thought I was. And he goes, no. And I said, no, go look at the PhD. And he, and he says, yeah, I'm going to go check the, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You, you were a straight A student there. Okay. I get it. It's like, well, that, and I, I said, to, and that's when I sort of said to him, I said, you know, it's the change in going from being a generalist in something to a specialist, being a very, very particular. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting because everybody works differently with different right. styles of education. And for me, the whole bish bash bosh of, <laughs> of the university that I was in did not suit me. They had mm. trialed this something called problem-based learning. So uh-huh. rather than have a syllabus and you learn oh. you learn these different things, it was here's a patient, let's learn about his story and then just go off and learn lots of different things around it. Oh. And for me that just didn't it just didn't fit and it didn't work. That's weird. Um, I mean, that's cool, but yeah, what happens to someone like yourself who that's not your learning style? You're very much, let's learn all the, the core ideas and then let's go and apply them. Yes. And when I stu- when I joined the university, it was one of the top in the country for uh-huh. medicine. And when I left, it had moved really, really far down because it, it was like a phase and uh-huh. everybody really liked it. And it was like, this is the new way to learn medicine. And then after a few years, they were like, actually, this is not really working better teach people the core like you say the core things and then let's fill the tree on the top after you've got the the trunk there in place so yeah it didn't it didn't really work for me and but everybody's different aren't they and that's why your son changing mage is not a big deal oh man so yeah yeah, he's you know and he's doing what he should be doing you know not that not that what he changed from that he was failing out because he wasn't he was doing computer science game design three years of that He's a great, he's a great programmer. Like he really knows how to do that in a variety of things, but now he's doing what he, he now he's doing what he loves. And someone said, well, what's he going to do with that? And I said, I said, you know, I, I just start rhyming off all the different things you could do with his credentials now. 
And they're going, really? Well, like no one talks about that stuff. I go, that's exactly where I'd be going. I mean, it's, he's, he's a film, he's, he's studied film criticism. He's a film, he's got a film criticism degree now. But you know, everybody's different and you've got yeah. to find your little path. Exactly. And also I think there's, you talked about. People are too narrow when they think about what are we going to do? They say, well, I studied film. I said, you didn't study film. You studied how to research and how to form ideas and how to look at the big picture. You just used film as the example, but that's not what you've studied. And he's going, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, did you study semiotics? Have you studied connotation, denotation? Have you studied any theory in there? That theory, whether you apply it to film or you apply it to a, a small group communication in a business, or you apply it to intercultural relationships within a society, or I said, it's all the same theory and it's all the same stuff. Now you're looking at how to solve the problems. I said, that's what you've studied. But he's that's, going, oh. like you say, it's because that there's a very narrow yeah. mindset on it. In my school, if you had half a brain, you studied law or you studied medicine and okay. anything else was considered not great. Yeah. So I really wanted, I think I told you, I really wanted to do maths. Uh-huh. And my dad was like, what are you going to do with that? Be a maths <laughs> teacher. I could have been earning a fortune right now. Gone into Pension, finance. yeah. Yeah, and I had absolutely no idea. And, and that's, that's how it was. It was or you like, could have well, been a maths teacher. Yes, you know, that was the, that's the other thing you get told. A friend of mine was studying geography, and it's like, is he going to be a geography teacher? Now, maybe he won't. I think he actually did become a geography teacher, but there are lots of other things that you can do yeah. with your degrees. Yeah, yeah. And it's a shame that people don't think outside the box. One girl in particular, I can't remember her name, but she loved graphic design, and we had that for, as an A-level option, and everyone was against her. They said, you're so academic, Mandy. Yeah. Why are you doing, why are you going to do graphics? You could be doing your, you know, your physics yeah. or whatever. Now she was insistent she wanted to do it and she is doing really well. She's been doing TED Talks. She go. owns a really cool um, advertising business in the Netherlands. Mandy someone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, very pretty girl. I, I think my brother fancied her at some point. That's all okay. I remember. <laughs> all right. But no, she's doing. So she's done TEDx well. talks or TED talks? I'm not sure. Okay, we'll, go, we'll look her up. But she's, I she's watch a lot of TED really Talks. Well. So. She, she did this whole thing where she looked at um, mutilating, okay. um, you know, yeah. for, for females. Yeah, yeah. There's a female mutilation. And so, she uh, made... So sad. so sad. It's absolutely awful. And still prevalent in some countries today as we're speaking. Yeah. Well, I think this is why she decided to do this campaign. Okay. And she made a whole load of ladies' private parts out of paper. Okay. And it was something like, don't cut i can't remember the tagline but it was it was a really clever play cool. on words of how you had the paper yeah. and how linking that with oh, female mutilation okay. neat yeah wow. speaking of ted talks my my still one of my favorites and i i used it in my public speaking class and uh, this, this semester reeves if you get a chance to watch it it's called four o'clock in the morning oh really yeah four o'clock in the morning by reeves r-i-v-e-s just look up ted reeves He'll come up four o'clock in the morning. Watch that talk. One of my favorite TED Talks of all times is that one. Can we have a small synopsis of what it's about? It is about... So Reeves was... He he saw the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded to a poet. And one of the poet's poems was about four o'clock in the morning. And... He's going in his mind. He said when this Polish poet won this, and he saw it, he's going four o'clock in the morning, and 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 it all starts off with with his him saying something to the effect of, "I've brushed up against that poem, but where did I brush up against it? Was it in an elevator? Was it at a party? Was it with friends? 
I know this poem, but I don't know how. And he went on a quest about this whole idea of four o'clock in the morning. And, and it's, it's just brilliant where this quest for four o'clock in the morning takes up, takes him because he, he, he basically does a very nice summary of all the times four o'clock in the morning is being used in poems, in movies, in plays. And it's, it's, it's incredible actually the story that he tells until he gets to the very end where he reveals when and how he brushed up against this four o'clock in the morning by this point. My question to you is, is this talk as good as the talk uh, it's about every shirt has a story. <laughs> uh, is it as good as the James Pikeaway TED well, Talk? The, so so the, the interesting thing is, when I did that talk, Reeves was the guy who introduced me up on the oh, stage. Really? Oh, really? So, so you so, met your hero. So I have met Reeves, and he's just exceptional. I met him at, at TED Active in Palm Springs in... I met him, I've met him a couple times. So that was probably 2010, 2011 is when I did that. So. And what's the difference between a TED Talk and a TEDx? So TED is the organization, Technology Entertainment Design, Chris Anderson. It's a philanthropic group that puts on these, these talks. And TED or TED Global is organized and put together by TED. So to go to those talks, so when you see those talks on on things, they're from the TED conference. TED conference is completely 100% elitist. Not right. everyone can go. $10,000 plus to get in if you get accepted. So you so A you have to apply to go because they curate the audience. They don't just want everyone there. They want they don't want everyone to fit. They want to have a nice balanced audience, so they curate right. the audience. So you apply to go at which point you get offered to pay your 10 grand to come which doesn't include hotel, which doesn't include airfare. Wow. It just includes the five days of the conference, walking in the door, and basically food and beverage is, is there and flowing the whole time. So those are organized by the TED organization, this group. And there's the TED conference proper in Vancouver now, and there's TED Global. I believe TED Global still exists. And there's TED, Wom- TED Women, and there might be still TED Med. So there's a, a few varieties, but there's not that many. TEDx independently organized TED events, which means it's following the TED format. It's sanctioned by TED, but it is not an official TED. It's an independent event organized in the format of TED. Right, okay. So that's what a TEDx is. Is it almost like, did you ever watch The X Factor? Yes. And they have the star surrounds to Eh. get to the final Eh. where you have the stage. Is it like TEDx and then eventually you might make it Mm. if you're picked to go to the TED talk? Probably not. No. <laughs> no, probably not. But but some of the talks from TEDx might get featured on the main TED uh, okay. webpage, which is a big thing if right. your talk gets featured there. So it's and when it first started, two thousand nine, TEDx first started. Uh, we brought we actually brought one of them here at TEDx Dubai with Giorgio and Gagne. He's passed away now. Uh, great guy. We uh, we became not friends after that. So we it's, it's a crazy thing. We were what? We, yeah, it's a crazy thing. We we organized this the first TEDx Dubai spectacular event because we had almost zero funding. We ended up pulling this off. We had amazing speakers, some of them from TED. Uh, it was it was it was incredible. And after that event, we we weren't friends anymore. But why? You've got to we, tell me the, the gory details. Yeah, you know, they, I that's so not like you, James. Well, it, it was just one of those things. It just didn't, you know, it, it, it's, I think it's like so many things. There was so much going on. There was so much pressure. There was so much happening. And we just didn't agree on things. 
And in the end, those, the way we did things and some of the things that we did, we just, you know, we, we couldn't come to an agreement on it anymore. And we, we were no longer friends. We, we truly became not friends after this. That's really sad because yeah. I always like to see work as almost like being on a pitch, like a football yeah, yeah. pitch. Yeah. And whatever happens on the pitch stays on the pitch. Yeah. And then as soon as, whether it's yeah. the end of your shift or whatever, it's like you come off and you're different people. I, I think for, for Giorgio and I, and he passed away actually a few years back, unfortunate. Um, we were in it for different reasons. And I think that was, was probably at the core of it. And some of the things that we did and the way we did it, Giorgio's mindset for how we're doing things was because, you know, he, he had a a different vision of where this was going. My vision was very different to his vision. And so, yeah, we pulled off this thing and we did it, but in the end it was like, hold on. Okay. So moving forward, this is the way we want to go. I said, no, that's not the way we want to go. And, and we just, we just, we just didn't agree any longer. And I think you like, you're a little bit like I am in the sense that we do an awful lot of things out of passion and not for financial gain. Well, that was a big side of it too. Like what was the end goal? My end goal was very different than his end goal. I'm not saying that he had, he had, there was no, nothing untoward with what he wanted to do. We just had a different thought of it and and he had kept going and he, and he did some great things with him and his wife. Yeah, and, and you each got to follow your own path. Yeah. It goes back to yeah, university yeah. and everyone doing things a bit differently. Yeah. But it's why you and I will probably never be rich, James. Yeah, we might have it. jobs that we really enjoy, <laughs> but we'll it. never... That's it. <laughs> well, and that's, and they, ultimately, that's what, that's what led me to... And, and, and people always say, well, you know, creative mornings, because I've been doing this. This will be our 64th creative mornings this month in May. <sighs> 64. I can't believe I'm still doing it. Like I'm not the I'm not the maintain these things guy. So we've got a, a group of people who keep it keep it real, and um, the whole impetus to get involved with Creative Mornings came from doing that talk. Every shirt has a story. Every story has a shirt, because I was just stressed trying to get that three minutes to work, and at like three, maybe it was four o'clock in the morning. Reeves, who, who knows? That's when I was sitting at my computer just going, oh, I'm just not, I'm just not happy with this. And I, I mean, I knew the speech, I'd practiced it. I knew what I wanted to do. And I was just like, there's gotta be something else. And that's when Creative Mornings came up. And I think it was on maybe, you know, I don't know what, how I saw it online. It was someone talking about Creative Mornings and I kind of went, this is exactly what I'm interested in. This is it. This is, this is what I love small because my idea of, of doing a, a TEDx was keep it small, keep it local, keep it regular and have lots of involvement of the community as opposed to TED, which and TEDx is, and I love TEDx, don't get me wrong, tend to be fairly large, tend to not, you, there's no Q and A's in a TEDx. That's not the way TEDx's are organized. You do your speech, you get off. And the, the goal is always to have a, you know, a fair amount of people so that you can generate a little bit of revenue, you, you know, and, and to pay for stuff, but that's not creative mornings. So creative mornings is totally free. It's is free. It's a little bit smaller. It's that group of people. And for me, you know, 60, 70 people is, is the sweet spot. Well, you don't want to have 60, 70 people at a, at a TEDx. You want to have a hundred to 200, a thousand people to give that exposure. So that, that whole sort of thing Gotten away but that's you isn't it it's quant- quality over yeah. quantity yeah and it's like even now you're looking at your podcasts and rather than just churning them out you want to you're trying to manipulate them and do different yeah. things and that's really admirable but it's just not how everybody <laughs> no no <and laughs> you know i hear what you're saying it's it's like it's, some it's good i think it's a really lovely and i think it's a really honorable trait yeah. because you take a lot of pride in what you do and that's why 
I say again, like you would rather grow something small and organically and yeah. do it properly than be one of these like big CEOs that comes in and wants to just get it out. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Let's just get it out and start yeah. making the money straight away. Well, that's, and that's what folks always say. So are you making any money? What's the, what's the revenue stream? I said, there is no revenue stream. And they said, well, what are your stats? And I said, we've got great stats. You know, 30,000 plus, 30, plus downloads, 38,000 plus viewers in 28 days on, on YouTube, you know, 700 and almost 800 hours a month of watching of our content. They're going, what's the, what's the revenue stream? I said, there is no revenue stream. Where, why are you doing it then? I said, because it's a great thing to do. <laughs> it's, 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 it's good listening. It's informative. It's educational. It's entertaining. It's, it's a benchmark against which others can measure their stuff. And you want it? I got the ultimate pat on the back. John Ellis, did you, have you heard that podcast with John Ellis? You have to look, go and listen to it. It's in the catching up. I feel like you've mentioned it before because yeah. I recognize his name. So John Ellis is, uh, as would have it, everything sort of comes together in, in our podcasting. Uh, I was introduced to John by Glenn and John works in the theme park or enter, the, the, the entertainment industry, as in their, his company sort of builds the infrastructure for, say, having a Ferris wheel. And it's, you know, the people, the feel, all that stuff is what, what John does. And uh, so John actually spoke at Creative Mornings way back. That's how I actually met him. And then we've had him on, on you know, he's been on the podcast. And it was funny because he said, you know, since I did that podcast and you posted it and it was just called Catching Up. So we we're just talking about how we connected and him and I connect actually through my favorite water park in the world. He helped design. Oh, what? which water park? Water bomb. I've never heard. It's in Bali. It's like the top water park in Asia. Water bomb. Wow. And he helped design it. He helped it. design it. And, and I've got job. pictures. I'm going to send you the pictures when I get home. I'm a little bit, um, probably a little bit more girthy. <laughs> in those photos but there's a, there, so there's one of these boomerang water slides there where you kind of go down and you go up and there's a red mark where you're not supposed to go over because if you go over that you're going to die and and my son and I like my son was a little bit more girthy in that thing too so we were like maxing out the weight on this thing and if you can get the angle right you can really get so we our goal and the guys will always say come on guys try and hit the line try and hit the line so of course being us we did. And in trying to hit the line, when you come back down, because we're both a little girthy, we would get airborne coming over this hump. Like literally the tube, this is on the, it's on the way down, but we would now be not touching the ramp anymore. And we've got pictures of this and it's, everything is in our faces. As you can see the faces of us going, we're going to die. Oh my God. Well, even when you're telling me the story, my chest gets a little bit tighter. Oh man. And so we, we've got two of them from two different years where we switched up positions and uh, it's, it's phenomenal, but it's a, it's a great water park, water bomb. And did he design the rides themselves? I, so I, I don't know if he designed the rides, but his company would have designed how they put it all together in that layout and stuff. So. Do you not often think what, a cool job it would be to just design stuff like yeah. to literally just think and come up with random yeah, ideas yeah. what a yeah. great and then how do people end up going to a job yeah. like that how do you become a, like uh, an inventor or well, something and, and what john's really big about is how do you keep your employees happy so you know what and he, he talks about maybe it's a park in china and he was talking about 
you know, so one of the issues is you want people to be wearing clean uniforms and you want the uniforms to look the same. So the company cleans all the clothes as opposed to you have to take your uniform home and wash it. Because if people take it home and wash it, they don't necessarily have washing machines. So they, they so the company would clean the clothes. Everyone's happy to have nicely pressed and fresh clothes. Suddenly you've got a happy employee. Happy employee makes for happy guests. Happy guests make for return visits. Return visits make for higher revenue. And he, so that's the kind of stuff he works a lot on. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So he's really thinking. But he's an engineer by training, just a really cool guy. And a music aficionado as well. <laughs> like, how do you know this? Did he just tell you in Creative well, Morning? Well, he actually told me the last time we were sitting down, he's setting up an online radio station. Oh, wow. But I, I thought this was your, you, you want to do something like this as well one day? I, I would love to set up, so what, what I would love to do is, is purely stolen. So my idea is not new. Right. But there's, there's this guy named Tyler Brunet. Tyler Brunet is famous for the Monocle brand. Have you ever seen the Monocle magazine at the grocery store? I've never seen it. Next no. time you're at Spinney's, and you know, you got all those magazines that are there. Look for monocle, as in the monocle that goes on your eyes. But then I would have to not find New Scientist, which is uh, my it's, favorite it's read. It's probably close to that. Oh, is it? Yeah. So monocle is about, a, a lot of it's about tourism. A lot of it's about different countries around the world. It's, it's actually a really funky magazine. And it's a weird shape and it's, it's got a weird paper weight. It's just weird. It's, a, it's great. So, but... But Tyler Brunet is not just famous for this magazine called Monocle, which is all about travel and tourism. He's set up an entire online broadcasting system like the BBC called Monocle 24 that broadcasts its, its core operation is from Dory House in London. And it kind of sounds like the BBC, but it's only online and they have people all over the world who are correspondents and they have stories and they have things and it comes together. And a lot of it's related around travel, tourism and cities. It's very much city-based. So they might be in Davos and talking about Davos. So they might be on the ski hill in Tyrol in, in Austria talking about, you know, whatever. And they've got the correspondents there and they're doing it. And then it all, it's spectacular. And so I would love to create that Monocle 24 model, bring that that idea to Dubai. But you know, you said a while ago that you were working with a gentleman and he had a slightly different way of doing things to you. Yeah. Do you never think that one day it might be quite good to partner with someone like that? Because yeah, yeah. you have the creation, the desire, the Absolutely, passion. Yeah. And then if you could add a commercial aspect to yeah. that, then James, one day. I think, it, you know, it's kind of like when you talk about, you know, the We Will Fix It team. And the, and, the, yes. and, and those guys are very different in the way they do things. So it's finding the right person and the, and the right trust and just saying, hey, this is my side. Let's put your side together. I think it's hard when you're the nature that you are to let somebody run yeah. with a more commercial aspect because it, yeah. it can take away from the, the, the rawness of what it is that you're trying yeah. to produce. I, I think you know, my, my, my initial goal is I would love, and this is kind of where Fresh Air with Friends is going to fit in. And we're, so we'll pilot it. Either way, I'll do it anyway, because it's just fun. It's another way to use the content. And I think so many people, like my brother, you know, he says, oh yeah, I listened to that show and I heard it. But now a revisit of some of the fun parts is always kind of fun. And there's different people and you might say, oh, I'm not gonna, I don't have time to listen to that complete podcast. But you can tune into little bits. Is I just think during our core times of the day, it would be, I think it would just be really fun to do something that's streaming online maybe geared towards the commuters with kids when we're going back to school or something that I'm coming that we're, that it comes to you for that hour and a half from the parking lot of the school. 
And you could go around to cars and you could say, hey, what's going on today? And you could say, you know, let's talk about this stuff or let's talk about that. And then have your core content and then maybe have a little bit of the poetry club doing some poetry or the band playing something that maybe it's recorded, maybe not, but it's all coming to you from that location and it's geared to, hey, when you get into your car, what are we going to hear today? And it's totally random. And it's, it's not being dumbed down because there's kids listening. It's, no, this is, this is morning, whatever it is. This is your morning commute. And it's not driven by the fact that, hey, I've got to advertise for XYZ company 30 times in the next five hours because I've got to make this profit mark margin because I've got to pay for my building and that. The, the only thing you got to pay for is your web space and wherever you're live streaming it onto YouTube or, or whatever, or the, the replay that people get. But it's hard, isn't it? Because you say that's all you have to pay for, but there's also your time. Well, that's it. And you got the opportunity cost of yeah. you. So you know something else with so that. So the, the cost side of that for me, the way I look at it is, they say so. Maybe the school sponsors it, or maybe someone like Alpha Tame says, "Hey, you know what? We're going to sponsor. We're going to sponsor the morning. We're going to sponsor the run. Maybe it's called the run. We're going to sponsor the run." And so what do they get out of it? Well, you tell people, hey, this is coming to you because of the, the, the generosity of Alpha Tame. And that's what pays for your personalities. That's what pays for that thing. But instead of having, you know, 10, 15 different advertisers in two hours, it's, it's the patron of one person. And, and that's a lot way Tyler Brunet works with his things. So they'll do the curators, wonderful show that, that curates bits from all of their shows. And it's, it's about an hour long, hour and a half long, sponsored by HSBC. To, you know, this week, HSBC. And they'll spend a minute just, and they're not saying, hey, go to, but they're just, for a minute, they talk about HSBC and let you know, hey, this is brought to you by HSBC and this is what they do and this is what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, I can do that. I think, And I think that that's a, a, a really nice way to do it. Like, you know, you put up the banner, hey, the, the run's coming to you from this group. This group is sponsoring it. They're, they're paying that, that fee that it costs to, for me to eat and live and pay my rent and do the thing. So... So as you say, it's trying to get someone to sponsor, but also for you to just be generous with your time. Because yeah. you, we've had the conversation before. There's so many things. There's so many things I would love to do with my day. Yeah. Like all different ideas that like constantly run through my mind. But the problem is time. Yeah. And it's the fact that we've got young children. They've got to be fed. My husband reminds me we've got to pay for their <laughs> university. Oh, man. And, and, and the yeah. first thing, say, I've not slept very well. The first thing he'll say is, so why did you go and do that podcast today? You could yeah. have had an hour of sleep. Yeah. So because I've got to do things that I really enjoy yeah. and, and make me feel alive. And I think like that's the same. It's You get so much pleasure from doing these things. Well, and they you, make you feel like you. Well, and you know, the other side is, and I, and I get that because I live in that world too, where someone says, well, what's the, well, you know, you just spent three hours of your life over at the Rove Hotel recording. What do you get from that? And I say, well, you know, actually it's a long game. So, I, I, my response, and because I get it all the time, is I would say, well, look, I've put the content up on, and, you, and obviously you could do the same. You put the content up on your LinkedIn page, you, you link it into your blog, you, you pull pieces in, and it's, it's now demonstrating the, the breadth of your knowledge, the ability you have to entertain, the ability you have to connect to people, the ability you have to inform, and it becomes a calling card. So when, when you say, someone says, oh yeah, this, this doctor, I, I got that, I, I, I heard about her, I've seen her stuff. I've heard her stuff. And yeah, you know, it'd be great to have her come and talk to our students or it'd be great to have her come to talk to my company about these things. But that's the long game. And that to me, when we do this kind of stuff, someone, you know, someone says to me, hey, can you help me do a podcast with, with, for my company? And, and the first thing they'll say, and, and we'll pay you. 
It's like, we'll pay you to consult. It's like, yeah, absolutely. And that to me becomes, yes, you do all this, but what's it lead towards is, hey, I'm willing to help anyone do it, but that might have actually some kind of a do you know, structure. I, I get that, but I, I, for me, it's more about satisfaction. Yeah. So there was a time when I had a little job. I only worked four days a week, and I, it was such a lovely little clinic. Yeah. And I had some time in between patients. I was still building up my my patient base, and I'd spend so much time like going to meet people. I would do talks in different companies. I would do them in schools, just talking about health. I was writing for loads of magazines. Sometimes they would ask me to do like full page spreads. Yeah. I never got a penny. I offered to do it. I wanted right, right. to do it. Yeah. Uh, I was writing on websites and again my husband James was saying why are you spending so much time doing these things research our schools for journals uh, yeah, yeah. and you're not getting a penny yeah. said, but you know what it makes me feel so much better there and at the go. end of the day yeah. I feel like I'm satisfied yeah. and, and I feel proud of what I've done yeah. um, so. that's a whole bit, big piece of it isn't it and yeah. I, I, I really believe that it all comes together in the end and the short term yeah you got to pay rent you'll find a way <laughs> I'm with you, James. You don't have to persuade me. Yeah, but it's but it's hard when you're looking at the the budget and you're saying, oh, you know, it'd be a lot easier if I had you making a few thousand dirhams here. There, it's it's hard. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. The thing that I struggle with that you do very well is when you're. I've done quite a few talks on Zoom, yeah. and I naturally need an audience. I, I'm not particularly good at talking to a wall. Right. I always feel like I thrive off an audience, and yet you seem to. You seem to manage very well, James. I don't know. I think it's just you get used to it. Maybe, you know, the, having a group of students who are just kind of blind looking at you. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, yeah, though, true. I mean, I, I do, you, you know, you kind of get that in a classroom and you, you kind of put on that show and it's just kind of getting used to it. So maybe that's part of it. It's, you know, I think, I think all professors, one part of them is that entertainer. And I think that's, that's part of the game, so... I don't know. They say that with medicine, 50% performance, 50% yeah. knowledge. Yeah, and I think I think probably in education it's kind of the same thing. and It's how you just put together all the bits. And some people are better at it. Some people aren't so good at the performance. And I always feel sorry for those people because students, especially in my business, will compare professors and, well, why aren't you more like James? Or, or they might say to me, well, why aren't you more like someone else? They don't usually ask me why I'm not more like someone else. But... They, I, I could see they could. They might not be happy with my style of doing things. And I, I give a lot of freedom to things. I mean, I have expectations. You know, like, like for instance, uh, I had an assignment recently where they, they had to do this, this case study. Then I want to present it. But I, and, and, and it's funny because I said to my a group of the students who are in my public speaking class, and I, I stopped them at the end of yesterday's presentations. I said, how many of you are in my public speaking class? Because I don't know, all the names start to get, and about five put up their hand. I said, what we just heard today was the classic university presentation that I never want to hear. And I said, not that anyone's getting downgraded in their marks for that, but all the students just started laughing. They go, oh, this is exactly what you talked about. I said, and I said, what did I actually ask for from today's presentation? And I, and, and I said, I asked for 10 minutes, telling us about your research. I didn't tell you how to do it. I didn't tell you what you had to say. I didn't tell you any expectation of the content. Yet what I got was a bunch of people going through, this is what our case study was, following all the subheadings from the project that they have to write up. But that's not what I asked them to present. I just wanted to know about the general thing. And I said, you know, concentrate on a, a piece of it. Concentrate on the bit that you really love. But tell me about your research. And they couldn't do it. And, and that kills students because they say, well, what exactly do you want? I said, yeah, I just want you to tell me the, the, the best part. 
and I want you to make it entertaining and I want it to be something that I pull away and I go, now I've learned something. Yeah, but it's hard, isn't it? Because oh. sometimes when you know so much, you want yeah. to tell them everything. Oh, yeah. And so it was really hard for them because, and, and, but some of those students from my public speaking class, they got it. They got it and say, ah, so I don't have to put up all the different pages because that's not what's been, it, it, you, you basically could do anything you want as long as you tell me about this case study in any way you want. And they kind of went, it's so hard. Cause oh, but, to do that. <laughs> but they, but they, you know, they shone and, and I, in another class I did the same thing. I said, I want you to make a video one to three minutes on everything we've done in the course. What, what's the core message of this introduction to communication course? And for the most part, everyone did really good. And then I had one set of students who I was watching yesterday showed me their videos. And look, they're, they're distance learning. So they're making videos that are not in the same room. They're saying, do we have to be in the video? I said, I don't know. I said, what do we have to put in the video? I said, well, we've covered a lot of material. It's all about understanding media and being media literate. And... I said, I suppose some narration's good, but I don't know how you're going to do it. And I don't know how you're going to get together as a group. And I don't know how you're going to make the final product. And all I know is I want one to three minutes and I want you to cover the core of the course. And this one group got up and did their thing. And I was just watching and go, wow, we did a lot of stuff in this course. And they were able to, to link it all together and bring it together. And I was just sitting there going, wow, these students nailed it and, and really told the story of why what we've studied in this intro course is so important to everyone. And I just thought, wow, you see, there you It go. must be such a nice feeling as a yeah. teacher to see that and see yeah, someone yeah. that, like you say, nailed it. Yeah, and they, they even covered stuff and I'm going, oh yeah, we did that in class, didn't we? And I was going, I actually forgot that we did that little bit because we did, we do so much. And I just, wow, yeah, that's right. Do you know what I feel we need to do, James? I feel like- <laughs> We haven't gotten to dementia, it's 52 minutes. Well, we forgot, the, we forgot. We didn't forget it. I've got, I've got it sitting here right on my screen. <laughs> it's not that we've forgotten, it's No, here. I hadn't forgot, but we forgot. We forgot <laughs> no, to talk about we, dementia. It, you know, it's, it's, it's like Colin said, he was sitting over here and Colin said, yeah, we just, we just sometimes get off track. But I mean, we didn't even talk about medicine. <laughs> well, uh, no, no, it's, it's funny. But, it's like, no, what have we done? But you know what, what we need to do is we need to podcast you. I think at some point we need to bring you in talk about like what you've done in the past you've done lots yeah. of interesting things how you teach your students how you feel they should be taught yeah. what you buzz off and, and what your plans are for the future because it sounds like you've got so much going on yeah. that, that's easily a podcast just, right there just do kombucha I've now got two Kobe Scobie oh I've got two Scoby hotels on the back to the kombucha. I've got two Scoby hotels now my wife says this is we're out of control we've got two Scoby hotels and there's only two of us <laughs> It's My question <laughs> is, does Donna drink yep. the kombucha? Yeah, yeah, she does. Oh She's right into it. I, uh, she likes the strawberry flavored one better, but I do strawberry, blueberry. Mango's not bad. I flavor it all. Yeah, I mean, you keep that to yourself. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Lots of health benefits. I've had lots of people tell me about it. I've read about it, but there are just some things that I can do, some yeah, things I can't yeah, do. Yeah. Again, looking at your juice, that's, that's something that I cannot do. Oh, it, oh, it hasn't separated today. This is a, hold on, let me just grab Vegetables should be eaten. This is uh, this is a nice one. This is and that's quite a bit. That's almost what is that? Almost uh, ooh, six hundred and fifty mils. Uh, heavy in carrot and tomato today, but look at those little black things. Passion fruit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, put some, and you have to be very careful with your passion fruit because all passion fruit is not the same. Uh, I drew the line at the yellow passion fruit. I love the yellow one, but they're just too expensive. 49 dirhams a kg but passion fruit's really light so it, but 49 dirhams a kg i just said i just, 
Generally, fruit and vegetables, you've got to be very careful with here. So I've gone for these purple passion fruits because there's a variety. And these ones are from South Africa. They're very sweet. And I'm very happy with them. Oh, my goodness, James. You really take time to think about your food shopping. I just... I, I go to the fruit and veg market. I buy in the fruit and veg market. I, I just literally go and the first thing that's there, <laughs> check <My> the price <laughs> in the trolley. There's not really much thought that goes in. Is it ripe? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we'll we, get that one then. We used to run into the same people at the fruit and veg market because we used to go on a Friday to the fruit and veg market and we'd go to this particular place and we'd run into the same people. And a great Arabic family. We never talked to each other, but we'd all, you know, always, hello, how's it going? They bring their kids. And then we stopped going on Fridays because we realized, huh, why are we going at such a busy time of the week when we both work in Academic City and driving home to Murdoff, we go right by the fruit and vegetables. So why don't we just drop in at 3.30 in the afternoon, do our shopping. It takes 15 minutes for us to get our three big recycled bags of, of fruit and veg. And so we, the, the, the story is we're at Carrefour in Murdiff and this guy and this lady who I recognize, but I don't recognize the guy because he's not wearing his Kandora. I'm like, who is this guy? Because he's saying, hey, how are you? And I'm going, who, who, are, who are you? <laughs> but then I see his wife and I go, ah, and, and they were just like, oh, you're still here. We, we haven't seen you. And I just said, oh, we changed days. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, that's the way to do it because everything's yeah. going to be so much fresher. Well, so the, the reason we go there is the, the place we shop at the fruit and vegetable market is the same place that supplies spinnies and a whole of these places. So we're cutting out the delivery, the point where it goes from them taking it from their fridge, putting it into the frig- refrigerated truck, taking it out of the refrigerated truck, it sits and then it gets into the refrigerator at spinnies. So we're missing the transport and the sitting. So everything's a little bit fresher, absolutely. And I get that. I think the problem is, is that I'm such a creature of convenience. Yeah, yeah. And I also feel like time is everything, especially yeah. right now because I've got a very young family. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think I spoke to you that I, one of my favorite things in the day was always going to the gym. I liked, I liked the mental aspect of going yeah, out yeah. to the gym. Now, everything I do, yesterday I worked out in my bedroom. Normally I work out in my garage and it's not for pleasure. It's just because I've just got to get the yeah. job done. Yeah. So yeah. time is everything. But you enjoy the right market. If you ever want to, and it's not the right market, is it? It's the fruit and veg. It's the fruit and veg market. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, fresh fruit is the one we go to. And it's, the, it's the right thing to do, I think. It just works. The- I mean, I mean, like, don't, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I do shop at West Zone by the house. Sometimes I do give in and just shop at Carrefour or go to Spinney's when we'll, we'll mix and match it up. Like the pineapple, the, the, uh, the, the sweet pineapples at Spinney's right now are spectacular. So sometimes we do that. It just depends. But you do sound like somebody that's retired, though. I will say that. <laughs> I know it's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> it's actually a funny one. We and I know you're a vegetarian, but we were at the the butcher and we we were shopping at the, um, the butcher shop. Actually, buying meat from the butcher shop, the restaurant, but they sell their meat also to people who uh, come okay. in. And I said to the butcher one day, I said, "You know, I should probably I should probably come here and have the steak." And I always he knows what I'm going to order because I come and I get the same thing. He goes, he goes, he looks at me, and goes. I'm figuring by now you cook a really good steak. Why would you spend double the price for the same piece of meat that I'm going to sell you now? Why would you spend double to have my guy cook it? I'm going, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> so, but sometimes it's nice just to sit down at a table and, and have all the fixings. I was going to say, it's, 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 yeah. it's, um, it's just nice. It's funny because I, the comedy, the gentleman, my mad friend from yeah, the university. The puppeter, the dancer, the guy who just calls up your mom. Yes, Goes yes. and visits your mum, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, in fact, one time he came to my house and I forgot to tell him I was going to South Africa. That's right. Yeah. And he drove all the way down and ended up staying till 11 o'clock, chilling yeah. with my mum, having a glass of so wine. So you want to know why I'm obsessed with the Marvelous Medic? 
Oh yeah, she, apart from the fact that her Instagram page is excellent. It is excellent. So I'm also obsessed with uh, a hobby that I've never started, but I, I keep thinking I want to start. Cooking. No, no. Oh. Lipstick. Oh, she's very good. You want to start the hobby? I, I am obsessed with lipstick. And now, of course, I'm a guy. I don't wear lipstick, but I buy my wife lots of lipstick because I'm obsessed with lipstick. In fact, the Green Arrow, do you ever watch the Green Arrow? No. Okay, so watch the Green Arrow. Um, Felicity, I think her name's Felicity on there. Phoebe? I don't know what her name is. Anyway, the woman in there who works with the Green Arrow, who's, I, I, I really forget her name. I haven't watched it in a while. She always had this, so look it up. You'll see who she is. You'll see, always had this phenomenal lipstick. So I actually spent time researching to find out, well, what kind of lipstick it was when it turns out it's not one lipstick, it's three lipsticks that the makeup artist uses on her lips. I just love lipstick. So I want to go into the, the hobby of making lipstick. Do you know, I... And she wears she amazing wears, lipstick. She does wear oh. good lipstick. I used to love wearing lipstick. And now, unless I go out, I don't tend to wear it because as you get older, you get little lines around here and it can bleed. Yeah. And also I'm wearing an Invisalign at the moment. So bleed, what, bleed stuck. into the lipstick yeah, bleeds the lines. in? Oh, um, that's bad lipstick then. Bad, <laughs> uh, bad lipstick, but, <laughs> but it can happen with, with a lot of lipsticks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, true. You want ones that really stick to the lip. So, but also uh, with an Invisalign, you tend yeah, to find it that on it your catches. Lips. Yeah. So now, like, so for instance, the season. But you got lipstick on now. I've got a bit. It doesn't count. It's just nude <laughs> lip gloss. Uh, but tonight, and going out. Oh, like, where are you going? Uh, I've got a meeting, okay. and then I am going straight from that to Il Faro. Okay. It's, it's a big event when I go out yeah, now, yeah. especially with all the little ones. So yeah. a big event, and, and there shall be lipstick on this evening. Nice. So I love. It's like a, a little treat, lipstick so in my heels. The, the, the lipstick industry has taken a big hit during COVID because uh, everyone's yeah. wearing masks. So you don't have to wear lipstick as much, right? If people are keeping masked up. When, it gets on, when you oh. do put your mask on, yeah. when, you, when you're in the taxi or Ooh, yeah. when you go to yeah. the bathroom, it gets all over your mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to keep it going, James. Set this business up. I know. So this is a whole other one, right? You know, it's, it's crazy. We can add this in at the very end of what the podcast that we do, all about James, the James all Breakaway. The, all the businesses that I, I, I really want to do and just never gotten to it. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get somewhere, there. Somewhere. One I, at a time. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, maybe. So this has been probably the weirdest podcast we've ever done. It's like an hour of, of what Nothing, we? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to call it an hour. It's, it's Doc Talk, an hour of nothing. An hour of nothing, yeah. I mean, quite a lot of the Doc Talks are an hour of nothing, to be fair. But yeah, so this is medicine. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we so the, the, the upside is when we get back together in a few weeks' time, we've got the topic right here ready to go. Well, we have, but I, I've got oh. guests coming. So. Oh, okay, so you've got Dr. John? Um, I've got Dr. John. I've got talking about sports science. I've got Farah um, Ahmed, who's talking about occupational health again and, okay. and lifestyle consultants. And we also have Cheryl Wassama coming in to talk all about the same the time? psychiatry. No, they're, okay. all, they're all backed up. <laughs> okay. But they're, they're coming. Right. Okay. All right. So then we're, we're good to go. Yeah. So thank you, James. Dementia will happen before too Maybe it's the whole dementia thing. Maybe I've got early onset. It's, it'll happen in 2022 <laughs> if we're lucky. And look at this, Neve. It's a miracle. <laughs> it is. She is, you know, it's, it's podcasting. She just knows. Put the mic on. You got the headphones on. She knows. I just got to go to sleep. And then you're going to go downstairs. You're going to get in the elevator. You're going to get in the lobby and she's going to go ballistic. Uh, th th you know, this happened last time I yeah, came. That's yeah. what you said. You said she just went, uh, it was insane. And I'm just going, that's because I always say, I don't believe you. 
It's because you've learned the art of communicating to, to babies. There as we well go. As I'm else. the baby whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, you've been listening to the nothing show of Doc Talk <laughs> with Jenna Burton. I'm James Pikeway. Potaholics with a K at gmail.com. Drop us an email if you wish. Coming to you from the Rolf Hotel downtown Dubai's epic podcast studio. This has been Doc Talk.